Welcome to the Cornerstones of Healthy Food Systems, sharing reflections on the environmental, agricultural, social, and nutritional factors that form the foundation of healthy food systems and healthy economies. Now your host, Dr. Mary Lucero. Welcome to Episode 8. Almost every farm and garden has some area within the land that just doesn't make sense to put into production. For example, on our farm, we have some steep banks on either side of the field that separate us from neighboring fields. These banks form borders that separate our fields, and they're really not good places for planting apple trees. For one thing, we use a flood irrigation system, and while a properly managed flood irrigation system can help recharge water tables and keep the water cycle functioning, it also limits where you can plant because you can only plant on those areas where the water flows. There are other reasons why people have vacant land that they can't grow things on, and soil health principles tell us you want to keep your soil covered. So what do you do to keep this bare soil from blowing in the wind, eroding away, and forcing you to rebuild banks every few years? Well, one solution is to use native plants. We're getting ready to do that. I've got some trees and shrubs on order, and we're going to be devoting a good chunk of our time and energy next month to planting natives along these borders. So what are some of the benefits of planting native shrubs or native plants of any kind? Well, the reason we've decided to do this is because we see at least five benefits to having a population of native plants surrounding our orchard. The first one is that we want to keep that ground covered to prevent erosion, and we don't want to have to maintain it. Well, native plants are adapted to our area. They're adapted to our soil. They're used to our climate. And while you might have to baby them a little till they get established, Once you get them through that first year, you can probably forget all about them and they'll take care of themselves very efficiently. Because they're adapted, they're not going to need fertilizers, they're not going to need pesticides. In layman's terms, you might say these plants know how to fend for themselves. So low maintenance is a big advantage to native plants. But a second advantage is that they attract the birds and the bees. Because of this, There are actually a lot of funds through associations that support wildlife will actually pay you to put some of your land into conservation reserves. And you do this by creating habitat. Native plants create native habitats. Now, many of us have been raised to believe that almost any living thing you introduce is bad. Native plants host viruses and pests and diseases. And that's true. They can, but more often they're hosting beneficials. They're attracting the birds and the bees and the wildlife and the diversity that helps to balance your ecosystem. I have been amazed over the years at the sheer number of insects a single songbird can devour in half an hour. When you build habitat for these songbirds, you'll actually see your pest numbers on the farm go down. Birds aren't the only ones devouring pests. Many of the insects that pollinate our native plants are predator insects, 
that will eat those pests that are bothering your crops. And the more you can maintain healthy populations of these diverse and beneficial creatures, the less need you'll have for costly pest management procedures. Because your native plants are attracting native insects and wildlife, and because each native plant is a warehouse of fungal and microbial populations that support healthy soils, when you plant natives in your boundaries, you are also building up this enormous warehouse of genetic diversity. And this genetic diversity has significant impact in terms of building resistance and resilience in a changing climate. You see the microorganisms that live in, on, and around your native plants have evolved over thousands, even millions of years, and have weathered the changes associated with your soils. If you have these microorganisms present in the borders around your fields during times of change, then these organisms are very capable of swapping genes with the microbes within your soil and lending resistance and resilience to your crop plants as well. Nearly every business leader knows that diversity is one of the best tools we have in our toolkits for keeping a business prospering during times of high risk. In farms and gardens, biodiversity is the tool that helps mitigate the risks imposed by changing environments. If you choose your native plants wisely, they can also add new sources of creative foods, spices, medicines, herbs, and even new sources of income. Many edible native plants can add exquisite flavors and aromas to your cooking. And if you're processing some of the crops you're growing on the farm for value-added production, these native plants can bring distinct flavors that help make your brand and your products unique. In the early days of the pandemic, when nobody really knew what we were dealing with and everybody had been sent home to isolate, I remember the sense of gratitude I had because over the years I have been collecting a wide variety of medicinal plants that I keep around the garden. I know that these plants support the immune system. I even published a little ebook describing some of the ways these medicinal plants work to support a healthy immune system. I usually offer that ebook as a bonus when people sign up for my newsletter. If you'd like to take a look, I've included a link to the ebook and the newsletter sign up page in the podcast description below. Now, if you're looking to plant natives on your land, it's important to make sure that the plants you're looking at are actually native to your area. And if you need some help with this, you might consider consulting the NRCS office in your region. You can talk to master naturalists or state conservation districts. And if you have a local vendor of native seeds, these specialty shops are usually staffed by people who have a good sense of the plants that are native to your area. If you don't have access to a local expert, you can also use the plants database that USDA maintains. I'll include the link to that as well in the podcast description. Just remember that I'm not affiliated with USDA and the link is to an independent site. If you're gathering seeds from native sites in the wild, always make sure you get permission to harvest any kind of seed or native plant from natural wildlands or from private land. And to make sure that you don't damage a healthy native population, 
never take more than a third of the plants that are there, and that you minimize your disturbance to the soil and the surrounding area. Thank you for tuning in today, and please join us next time. You have been listening to the Cornerstones of Healthy Food Systems podcast. This podcast is produced by Endophyte Enterprises, LLC. You can subscribe to our podcast at endophyte.com or look for us on your favorite podcast directory. Information or products referenced in any episode can be found in the show notes associated with that episode. These notes may contain links to our online courses or services. They may also contain links to affiliate sites. Purchases made through these links help support our efforts to produce this podcast.